podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. I'd like to do a song of great social and political import. It goes like this. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. Worked hard all my lifetime. No help from my friends. So, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz. We're all a bit tired of substandard vehicles at LFC. Let's hope the summer brings more German quality. It's a day trippers. The season may be lurching to a halt in disappointing fashion, but it's time for a long ovation for Stevie. So we'll focus on the captain for tonight's show. I'm Trev Downey and I'm joined by the man who knows players, Damo Flood, bathroom terrorism victim Paul Brennan, the amazingly actually not an old man when you see him on video, Dave Thomas, and knob-twiddling megalomaniac Phil Casey. Choo-choo! When you ready. Okay. Right, let's uh, sort of wrap in uh, our review of the Chelsea match and our preview of the Crystal Palace match to come at the weekend um, into one discussion here um, because there is an awful lot of crossover, let's be honest, and it appears as if uh, there'll be things in common with both games. So, uh, Dave, as a match, uh, the Chelsea won Liverpool one game kind of representative of an awful lot this season, um, kind of nearly but not quite. Some shitty stuff, some good stuff. Not enough goals, nearly men, basically. Yeah, good when it kind of doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think that when we're... Fifth, basically. Yeah, when we're looking to impose ourselves on the game, which we needed to do first half and, you know, take the game with a scruff of the neck, nowhere to be found, really. Uh, lack of movement, lack of quality. Um, just, you know, I think Chelsea just found it all too easy. Took the lead, sat back, OK, we scored... You know, an unusual goal to concede to score against Chelsea. To be fair, because they're very good from set pieces. So, you know, for us to score ahead from a corner, I was pretty surprised at it. And then second half, when Chelsea basically retired, we played a little bit better. Um, but the same problem was there. We got no penetration. We got no one in the in the final third who's you know moving. You know, Lambert. You know, is like 
walking through jelly. I mean, it's just no no pace there, no movement there, or anything like that. Mm. It was just it was frustrating to watch because we have good players. Mm. You know, we have promising players, good technical players, and it's frustrating to watch a game when the out ball is is Ricky Lambert. You know, I mean, I, I just I just don't understand it. I didn't understand it against West Brom. I didn't understand it against Hull. Didn't understand it against Chelsea. Look. In isolation, 1-1 at Stamford Bridge, look, it's a, it's a reasonable result in a season. But it's a game we had to win. It's another game we had to win, and it's another game that we, we didn't win. Never so, looked like winning. Never looked like winning. For yeah. me, you were, like, you were looking for some, like something from yeah. the manager or the players, and mm. you saw the team sheet. Johnson's in the back four again. Chan's shunted out to right back. Yeah. You've got Gerrard sitting in front of the defence again where he's done nothing all season. Mm. Ricky Lambert up front on his own. Like yeah. it, was, it was grim from the start. And then the, the game kicked <laughs> off, and... I mean, if you pull someone like, you know, a fan of a different sport in and you said one of those teams has just won the league and they've had the week off training and yeah. they don't give a shit about this. The other team like needs to win this to keep alive there yeah. and hope to get in the top yeah. four. They just go, well, that team, the blue, is out to fucking kill people here. And yeah. The team, the red, doesn't yeah. know what's hit them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, it's worth remembering because it's kind of been forgotten because we didn't win the game or Champions League is over. But like we win that game. Uh, uh, United suddenly got two tough games. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Suddenly they got it's uh, back in the, the Arsenal game. Slim possibility. Yeah. Well, it's on, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, you put in pressure on them, but yet again, yeah. yet again, the you know, win. the must-win game, we don't win it. The uh, only thing, and it's happened so often. You know, you'd have been dying for someone to fucking come and take. Like yeah. they, they've needed people to fuck off away from them and yeah. let them crawl over the line to top yeah. four, to yeah. top four, and we've let them do it again. Oh, for the last three months. They've looked like a team that if they were put under any serious pressure, they crack. They crack. Yeah. Yeah. And they the do. Van Hal interviews have been so bloody, so bloody amusing yeah. um, after every match, and <coughs> now we fucked up the opportunity to see him really melt down. So that's that's the frustrating <coughs> bit about the yeah. Chelsea game. It's just like it's it's not a point of Chelsea is a bad result it's a point against this Chelsea at this point of the season when we have to win you know that's what was frustrating what about that point Phil that uh, Dave raised there about you know uh, sorry Paul raised there about you know which team looked more up for it and we had that uh, marker shall we say laid down very early on by Fabregas (coughs) and there was no response from Liverpool in terms of aggression at all standard isn't it yes it's sad but but, but, last year last year there was uh, there was more fightiness it's more everything, but not only like you, you've got the the standard for this year, which is just slow starts, people not really giving a shit about it. You know, once after since since that uh, United <coughs> defeat, yeah, the chill's been awful, awful yeah. from manager to players. It's just it's it's just awful. And then when there's just when there's a, when there's a hint of getting back and putting pressure on United for the Champions League, and it goes back to not just the Chelsea game. We blew chances against West Brom and Hull as well. Mm. Like you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You win those two games, and the conversation you're having against Chelsea is not a must-win against Chelsea. Yeah. It's if we don't lose here, we're still in with a shout going into the last two games. Mm. If we had it done our business, going back to being able to see the bigger picture, this team, this collective, this, the, 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 from management coaches, the whole lot have failed to grasp the bigger picture over the course of the season. When it's always been down to the next game and. I have no issue with approaching the game as just approaching games on, on the next game basis, right? But when you hit a brick wall or you have a setback, you need to step back, look at what you have to do over the next common set of games and say, right, to get to retain the, any chance of achieving the goal that we set out for us, this is what we have to do. And when we approach those games, we do it and we make the right decisions. Now, you're going to get some things wrong. Everyone gets some things wrong. And I don't think there, would, there wouldn't even be any criticisms if... 
you were getting the occasional thing wrong, like we did last season. Even in finishing second last year, it was poor decision making that <clears> resulted <throat> in us not winning the league. Right, mm. be it from the players in the Crystal Palace going chasing goals, be it from the way we set up against Chelsea in in, in the match against Anfield, which which is down to the manager. But you come back to this and you say, the lack of passion and heart shown since the United game is 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 symptomatic of something bigger, and it's like. I just want this season to be over, to to get on to the next season, to to see is this something that can be taken out of the team in terms of uh, uh, you know can can we just dump this mentality that's gone on right mm-hmm. and and get back to just you know trying to win, trying to attack teams because fundamentally <coughs> what we're not doing anymore is we're not going at teams. We're not we're, we're not we're not going at teams from the off. Where everything is reactive. There is no proactivity in our play anymore. None. A huge part of that is the selection and the selection of guys who are. Of course, you know, of course. And that's the thing that's the common thread. And look, I've, I've criticised Rogers. I'm trying to avoid just repeating what I've said about Rogers mm-hmm. beforehand. There is an onus as well on the players that if you don't think the manager's up to it, right? Mm. Or if you have a feeling that we're doing something wrong, you can do something about it on the pitch. Like when I, when I look at look at Chan or whatever and he steps into midfield, he's trying to drive things on, right? When I look at Coutinho, he's trying to drive things on in the match. <coughs> but if the other nine players around him, haven't got the same inkling or the same drive in them. You can't turn eleven, and you know it's it's down to the play. The players need to also look at themselves as much as Rogers has to do and say, "Did I do enough this season? Have I done enough over the course of the season? You know, to warrant, you know, calling myself a Liverpool player." And if you think you have, then you aren't a Liverpool player because you haven't. You've been far from what a, what, what's expected from the fans of a Liverpool player. Uh, it, there's a, a lot of good points raised there, Damon Boy Phil. But in, in terms of the people who were there, it's quite sad, isn't it, to see a player of such patent ability as Emery Chan uh, struggling in a position that just does, <coughs> doesn't seem to suit him, and really not being given much help there either. When it's clear that he is struggling, because nobody wants to see that. Everyone's been uh, absolutely impressed by this kid. I want to see him doing what he does, whether it's in central midfield or, or as part of a tree in the back, whatever it happens to be. But Jesus, you know, he's under pressure there, isn't he? And uh, it's it's horrible to watch. Well, at the moment, like, he's playing right side, that's right side of centre-half, and you, you've got Johnson as your, as your right-back. Like, you're well, there for starters, like, you know? He's playing right-back. Well, even a right-back, but he's, he's been thrown around that back four, right side, and he has never been played in the one position that he'll truly excel. Like, even when he was put in midfield, he was put in as a box-to-box you have to look the size of the kid. He's not going to do that, you know. Yeah. But where you want them on the ball, you want them driving on teams. Now, just what Phil hit on there about us not attacking teams anymore, not being aggressive, front-footed, front-thinking anymore. I was only talking to somebody today about this, and we were discussing it. And when did we ever run a Rogers? Barred after five months. Barred after five months, where we actually did we have a team that actively attacked teams and went out for wins aggressively. Everything for five months we done that. For the rest of his whole tenure, it's all been slow, for, patient, for a good, a, good, a good portion of the <laughs> slow, patient, bollocks, for a good, for a, for a, for a good portion of those thirteen matches, maybe it started to tail off a bit towards the end. There was that tempo back, and there was that high pressing, and there was that energy. You know, in in this season, oh, being honest, we we went on a run of, of winning games, and I, I know everyone thought we were back to ourselves. Not, I didn't. In, in that whole run, I, I remember saying, um, you, "You couldn't have a go up. You feel like we were having a pop up. You should have back." Well, he says, first good manager comes up, fucking stagnates this team because Rogers is just so setting away. So first good manager finds that out. First good manager comes up against Van Hal, makes a fucking fool of him. You know, and then everyone else reads into it then as well. 
And the, 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 like, but all through that run of games, I never felt we actually played particularly well. Barry had probably mm. the City game, which I thought were exceptional in. I don't remember. Is there many standout performances this season that you can actually say, yeah, we bossed that game and we deserve to win it? There's not many of them. Like there's there's games okay we won because we were just the better squad. Yeah. But how many games do we actually look and say, yeah, fucking hell, boys, that was that was good. Mm. We're talking about we improved the second half, and there's obviously the the element that that you know you're looking at and saying the Chelsea sit off us and let us go at them, right? But so many times this season we haven't played well in the first half and we've coughed up leads and we've looked better in the second half because we've had to do exactly that. We've had to go and press back on teams. We've had to go and chase games and, and really push teams back and do what... I'll go back to it. When, 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 when he came in, it was about the, the idea of, of this high press, this rootless aggression, you know, pressing in zones, pressing in things. Whereas all this has been very static. So it's just all very static in terms of, and I think an awful lot of it comes. Go, we're going back to the idea of if you have a very static front man, a very static front man, yes. right? Yeah, <laughs> an almost statue-like front man up front, right? Who isn't getting around? And we had the same criticism as well when Storage came back from injury <coughs> and didn't look fully up to it. Because how many times did we sit in here and say, you know, yeah, if, if, if Storage wasn't scoring goals and he he still scored a few when he was there, but if he wasn't scoring goals, we'd be having a pop at him for not breaking his bollocks getting around and pressing players because we know Coutinho wants to press Sterling is very effective when he goes and pressing and even Lallana when he's playing against mid-table and lower table teams is very good at going and doing that pressing as well you know so it's just Henderson is brilliant at it Joe Allen one of, one of Joe Allen's best facets of his game is pressing teams shoving on and pressing teams and pressing teams and pressing teams mm. so it doesn't make any sense if we aren't playing in that manner for the for the good players, the really good players that we have, but I, I don't think Phil that's what Rogers wants overall. Like his vision, his philosophy, I don't think that's what he wants. That's what we look at and say we're good at because we've got them players that are capable of playing that way. But I actually don't think that's the way Rogers wants us playing. Like his fourth season, I don't remember us pressing much. It was all about possession, Se- possession, Se- possession, Se- possession. Se- when we went to count, went into a counter attacking side, which more or less leads us into the what the second half of last season was like yeah. as well. And we went on that run after we signed Sturridge and yeah. Coutinho. We were playing that style of football. So every time <coughs> we flipped and and sort of set, and tried to use pace and an aggressive pressing and, and to cause t- turnovers of balls and press teams on halfway lines and really push them back. That's when we've looked a really good attacking team. Totally agree. And in the first half of all the seasons he's been there, and now even tailing off the last 10 games that we've been here, that pressing has dropped out of the side again. And But Rodgers himself, and Dave, you can you remember this, in, in his interviews, he talked about pressing. He talked about yeah. resting with the ball in terms of when we have possession. You mean the early ones? The, the early the, ones. Yeah, the his philosophy, I think his was, philosophy is to press. <laughs> I, I, look, I actually think that for the second half of his first season, for most of last season, and for a bit of this season, he sets his team up to do that. But they all coincide with the same thing, which is having a fluid front three or fluid front two. You can't press if your strikers don't press because there's too much space. Mm. Because your midfielders then have to go and do it and leaves too much space behind you. So I actually think his preference, the only bit that I can't get my head around in this entire, in most of this season, I thought the first half of the season was poor, but I put that down to him trying to work things out. The only thing I am being able to get my head around is how he's moved away from Sterling, Coutinho and Lallana as that front three and he's put Lambert and Balotelli back in. That's the only decision. All the other decisions I can kind of logically countenance in my head but that one I can't because he does like to press. So Mm. if you're playing Lambert or Balotelli 
they don't press. So I don't understand. That's the only bit I don't get. Well, what about what about the little vision of the future we had there towards the end of that match then? For for good or for bad, where we saw uh, Jerome Sinclair on and we saw Seriously, Sterling there. that is the best thing Rodgers has done in about four months. Yeah, and he did give them a chunk of time. Yeah, and they were... and. Look, they weren't brilliant. They didn't change the game. They're playing against the best defence in the league, mm. right? So you can't put three teenagers on who've never played together and expect them to turn it around. But they should all start against Palace. Mm. I mean, Lalana and, and Lambert shouldn't start against Palace. I wouldn't be devastated if Lalana started, but I mean, Lambert certainly shouldn't start. Sinclair should start. I wouldn't have minded if Sinclair started against Chelsea. Yeah, I just I would have loved to have seen something when I saw Lambert yeah. up front on his own. I just it's the Lambert decision. It just sucks everything out of that side when you when you play in Lambert because because yeah. all the logic falls away after. <clears throat> like we talk about even that the performance level went up in the second half, which it did. But in the first half, there were like there were actually more opportunities for us to put the ball in behind Chelsea's defense, and Lambert was just absolutely hopeless. And then and then yeah. the second half. You're thinking like you're playing for your Liverpool career here. At least do something that you're able to here. Hold the ball up and like link in with the other the the kind of players who were zipping around you. And he'd like there was just nothing from him. Mm. So like I, the, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't play him again. I I definitely put Sinclair in, even though like the I think Sinclair was fairly starved of service. Like we had this thing at the moment where, you know, going from the middle into the final third, we're really quick. The likes of Coutinho and Sterling, like they're really they. They have teams on the back foot. It's mm. that final ball in. Like we never really got much into Sinclair, which was which I thought was a big problem. Yeah. And it's, it's I think it has been a factor. Even that that big run that we went on towards the the, the kind of second third of the season. Yeah, that was all built on kind of um, you know. Th- Getting getting turned at teams and the likes of Sterling and Coutinho kind of running at the defence. But it's also supporting pace from the flanks. I was looking, I was trying to write, write a piece about Coutinho and I was looking at how much Moreno was involved in some of the great stuff that he's done this yeah. year. Yeah. Moreno's been involved in the build up with him, little one twos, round, passes around the corner and stuff like that. And if we had a similar player on the other flank as well, then you start seeing what you're talking about there and you start seeing these guys becoming more effective, you yeah, know, yeah. In, in, in the interplay. But nobody's beating a man. I mean, you know, we have played, they all want, I, th- I think I said this about a month ago when I was talking about, we have too many number 10s. We've got too many players that want to play in the middle of the park mm. and be the person that passes the ball to the, the striker. Yeah. Whereas you only need one of those players, maybe two. The likes of, so if it's Lalana, Coutinho's got to break forward and Sterling's got to break forward and then Sinclair and Ibel have all got to be in there. Mm-hmm. If it's, if it's <clears throat> Coutinho, then Lalana's got to get into the box. But they don't do that. They stand four yards away from each other going, well, give me the ball now. And then they pass in sideways. And when you're playing against a team like Chelsea, who I said last week, there's no way we're scoring against them because they're the best defence in the league. They're just going to sit back, block defence. It's so hard then to put an 18-year-old on the pitch and say, we're not going to give you anything. You might get the ball once in the next 40 minutes. But hey, hey, good luck. You know, <laughs> but did, mm-hmm. you know. The one thing I did notice about the Chelsea game was that when, when we did get into the box, a couple of times, especially in the second half, when, when, the, when the, the, the three lads were up top, Sterling, Iben and, and Sinclair, our quality of final ball in the box is still not good enough. So Ibe goes to the pass three or four players but didn't have the ability to yeah, look up and pull it back to yeah. the player that was free. Oh, we Sterling went in. crosses up high as well. Yeah, Sperling. 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 No, he went past about three or four and instead of like, look, if he takes a little look up, Coutinho had actually drifted to the penalty spot and was unmarked. He squares that thing and, and Coutinho has a, has a clear shot on goal at this stage because two, two players had gone to him yeah. to close him down. And a couple of times we did that. And going back to your point, our crosses, you know, there's that element of Moises United with our crosses at the moment where they're floaty fucking Stuart Downing crosses. Literally, they're not, what they're is not. The point? You know, you're just. You know, I know, I know they're trying to float it into Jellyman's head, but like, they, they, they were just. <laughs> Jellyman. It was just, it was just like, you know, you, 
it, it, it just reminded it just reminded so much of when Kenny was there and we had Down and, and Down used to just float these floaty things in and Carol would be just wandering around the back hoping that eventually something would come to his head. Yeah. You know, and it was like that despondency that when you were looking at Sit Hacking, you never felt once when it went out that we're going to threaten from oh, the flanks. Horrible bottlers cross that he used to do. Yeah, and then, and then our, but the, the good things we were doing was when we did get past Chelsea, and it was the first time in a long time I've remembered in games against Chelsea that we were getting behind the likes of Ivanovic, we were getting behind yeah. Luis Felipe or Felipe Luis or whatever his name is on the other side, right? <laughs> and then when we got there, the, the next pass was never the right pass. Hmm. You know, well, that's because, yeah, I mean, the the two kids. Yeah. That's why they should have been playing the last five games. You know what I mean? And they should have had more game time this season <coughs> instead of Lambert. You know, th- th- this is the argument, is that these are the future of the club. You know, play Jordan Ibert right back and, you know, move Emre Jean into the middle and get Johnson out of there. Like, you know, mm-hmm. why are we playing players that are not going to be here Because next year? while Hope survived, he went to his go-to man. That's what he's done. That's yeah. that, We know this. I mean, <laughs> so... so well, we're going to come on to Palace, yeah, right? Yeah, let's, let's do that. But the, the team sheet for Palace should be the team that finished the game against Chelsea, right? Okay, okay. And what, one other thing we should learn from that floody then, uh, my, my taking this from the, from the Chelsea, the only thing I learned from it is Stevie's going to play, right? So... Except Stevie. Don't have, <laughs> <laughs> so don't have Stevie uh, taking corners. Have Stevie in the box where he should have been for the last 15 freaking years and not taking the corners because he... Mostly doesn't beat the first man. Because look at him, he's our best header of a ball. Yeah. Have Simple fact. season as well. Yeah. 12 goals, isn't it, I think, at this stage? Yeah, so, like I job. mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard, to, hard to believe. For Palace, would you agree with Dave? You'd like to see that? Without a doubt. See the kids start. Without a doubt. And I'd even go as far as saying, now he's going to play and he deserves to play and he deserves to be fucking waved off. But you need to go as far as saying, fucking Drago as well. You know, I need to throw in all the kids. And I play, I've said it during the week to us. Put them all in. All right, this game is going to be an absolute circus because it's going. It's, <laughs> it, it is. It's going to be a circus. Like the, the, the fucking smiling dolphin or a smug dolphin, as, as Brian calls him. Fucking what's your man's Pardew? He's going to be standing on the sideline there, big smiley heading him. Yeah. Everyone's back slapping Gerard. He's going to think that the game is about him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Everything's about Al. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a big send off. Like mm. your man playing his last game in front of the, the, the cop Lambert. You know. He's going to <laughs> <laughs> he's going to start crying you know he's going to have a tear over the whole game Johnson's going <laughs> Johnson's going to be running around like the fucking he's, he's always that. been he's not he'll just be trotting around exactly yeah. 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 that's what I mean but that's why I, mean. like, I would prefer to see all them young lads put in now yeah. and like okay put Stevie in and, and let him get the adulation he fully deserves you know he's yeah. player of a generation you know and, and, but the rest of them couldn't give a shit never seen again I even <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal, honestly, but they, yeah. they don't deserve a fucking send-off. Like, what have they done for us? Like, seriously, we've done nothing but give out about Johnson for the last two or three years. Mm. What's Lambert done? Oh, call. You know, <laughs> where the future's there. Like, put the kids in. It, yeah. it, it, it's right. Yeah. But look, he, Gerard, for everyone in the world, is partially sentimental, and there's no way that he shouldn't start the game, right? Now, I'm, I'm talking for everyone else in the world, not myself, mm. right? Mm. So, if you're playing him, you just say, Stevie... You do whatever the fuck you want. Just do it. Just do whatever you want, do right? You You're not playing in any position. You yeah. go wherever you want. The only place you can't play on the pitch today is in goal. Now, if you want to do that in the second half, we'll sort <laughs> that for you as well, right? <laughs> but for, and we play Mignolet up front because, yeah. like, let's be honest about it, he can't be any worse, yeah. right? Than, than, than fucking Lampard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you just say, 
you go, enjoy yourself, fucking do whatever you want to do. You want to run around and try to score 27 goals, you do that, right? We're, we're not, this is, you know, it's your day and it is his day, ultimately, this match, right? Because there's nothing left, there's no Champions League to go for. No. Let's be straight about it. There's no, there's no Champions League to go and for. And we can't blow fifth unless I'm totally mistaken. It's, it'd be tough, but yeah. we could. <laughs> <laughs> We can give it a good go. But you know, just just go and enjoy it. Do whatever you want to do. Enjoy it. Enjoy the, the, the your last competitive game here and fucking whatever. Right then, around that you say, yeah, okay, so what do you want to do around that? Around that you put you put Chan into midfield. You put yes. Henderson into midfield. Yes, right. You say, listen, lads, you're going to be in midfield next season. You're playing there. Yeah. So Emery, fucking you, you two just cover whatever spaces that, that Steve is going to leave when he's go, as he does whatever he does. You cover right. You give you start Sinclair up front. Yeah. You say this is what I'm doing. You know I don't have storage, so I'm starting Sinclair up front, and I play Oib at right back or right wing back, whatever the fuck you want to do. If you want to play Chan in in in, the, in, in a tree at the back and put give Jordan Williams a go in, in with Henderson alongside him, right? You know what I mean? You, you do this. You play Markovic as a wing back. You play fucking Oib as a wing back. You play Sterling then up to front uh, or play Sterling at two off for, with, with, with Sinclair yeah. and you play Coutinho off them and you just tell Gerard to go and do whatever he wants on the pitch. And that way, at least the players that are on the pitch are going to be, you know, there next season. They're going to feel like this is the team, this is going to go around you know if you play Moreno you play fucking, fucking great to Man- see all no, of them but, <coughs> this is, would but that's what I, I don't want to see I don't want to see Jones on the bench I don't want to see Glenson anywhere near the squad I don't even want him in the stadium I don't want him at Melwood this week I don't want to see him ever again in Liverpool gear right um, Colo, if Colo's heading off, Colo's being great crack. Maybe give him five minutes at the end to, to give us, a, you know, to say goodbye to Colo everyone. Right? Bench, I don't want to see Lambert in the squad. I don't want to see him near the pitch. I don't want to see him. Any, I don't even see him getting VIP passes to the game. I don't want him anywhere near. Right? Like, seriously, I do not I want these family turned away. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everyone now in Liverpool. I don't want to see players who are not going to be part of this squad or should not be part of this team next season. Mm. In the squad, mm. this should be. But about it's really only those two and Gerard who are going to be. Well, like, yeah. like Balotelli, and as, whether, you, whether you like Balotelli or don't like Balotelli, he's not going to be part of the squad next no, season. No. He wasn't there this week. Don't have him there, right? Mm. Just put the t- the players that are going to be there and and say to yourself, right, lads, get used to this because this is what you're going to be part of next season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think. Not as vehemently in terms of not allowing certain players into the stadium, but <laughs> I, I, the city, I, not I, just the stadium. I mean, at the very least, Sinclair has to start up front. And Ibe. And Ibe should, well, Ibe or Mark, which I'd be happy with either. And Moreno should start a fullback and Johnson yes. shouldn't get a game. At the very least, if I don't, if that, if he plays Lambert, I, I genuinely, I won't watch it. I don't think I'll watch it. I just don't see the point. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? What am I going to see on Saturday? It's going to be new. Yeah. Apart from Steven Gerrard's last game, which obviously I watched, and I, you know, at Damon's point, you know, of course he has to play. He should start. The entire fucking stadium should clap in for ninety minutes. You know, that's how mm. good a player he's been. Like you know, and sing a song for ninety minutes. Yeah. Because at least that will be a song sang for ninety minutes. Yeah. But and mad noisy fucking ground. But yeah. playing Lambert and playing I'll Johnson, do best for you. I no, just, I just don't get it. And playing Mejan in the middle, I agree. If the, if he is. Gerard's heir apparent if he is the the player that they've identified which is all the rumour coming out of the club he is going to play in midfield next year then play him in midfield and let's actually see what he's all about because mm. it's all I've seen so far is he's a pretty pretty good uh, third centre back he's not a very good right back and people tell me he's a phenomenal midfielder well I haven't seen it so let me so see so let's it. see it yeah, yeah. So just the way I look at it there like, we're talking about who should start and who shouldn't what, 
my feeling on it is this shouldn't be a game that closes a book on certain players. This should be a written of a new chapter. For Liverpool, mm. that's fucking beautiful. That's, that is that's, fucking that's beautiful. Isn't the whole end. Yeah. Like Seriously, yes. I think it's a new hope. <laughs> if it's all the same with you, can we just go now? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking brilliant. That's the most positive thing we've ever said. <laughs> 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 about anything. Ever, ever. Everything. But that's it. Let's just close the book on Gerard and say thank you. Clap on the back. Away with you. And put all the nippers around him. Would you, yeah, would you now, Trev, what for you? Go on. Because we never get to ask Trev a question. Mm. Well, come here. Would, would you, do you want Rogers to take him off so he can get the adulation of the crowd? Oh, I'd be a little adulation. Of, yeah. of course he'd be taken off. What the fuck was that about? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Seriously, what the fuck was that? Well, listen, now, listen, there's a, there's a lot of confusion about this. He fucked up royally with what he said, but you know he's just in Brendan mode and he's talking shit. I don't think that's actually why he took him off. No, it's point. not why he took but him off. But don't say that. He took him off. If he's going to take him off run. for that reason, he'll take him off with a minute to, to yeah, go. Yeah, I agree. That, like, that's but don't not, say it. No, it's a nonsense thing to say because yeah. he got caught in the fucking rabbits, you yeah. know, like a rabbit in the headlights again yeah. in front of the cameras, like he always does. Um, so, yeah, he'll come off with a minute to go. For Fair it. play to Gerard in his interview. Spot on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely brilliant. Fair play. And do you know what, right? Oh, did you hear Pat Nevin last night? Fuck Pat Nevin. Remember, Andy wants to get him into the room. Yeah, that's room, why. Right? That's so, why yeah, right. Tell, tell, back that up. On, tell, tell us. I missed it. He, me. he reckons that the only reason Jared came out and said that was because he, he clapped the, the fans as he left the pitch. And he reckons the only reason Jared came out and said what he said afterwards in the immediate aftermath was he went in, checked his Twitter, so he was getting a lot of abuse from Liverpool fans and decided to change his mind. I mean, He's, for the love of. He's not on Twitter, is he, Jared? Well, he's not going to be on Twitter immediately when he goes in after a match to maybe, check maybe his has fucking timeline. Login. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what Enrique's been doing. <laughs> he checks Twitter for all the lads as they yeah. come off. Oh, lads, you're going to fucking slaughter, dude. Better do something on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> At the logo. <laughs> but seriously, Jared's always great in his interviews, though. He's he's a very yeah, but know, that's that's you know and. You know all the all these pointless interviews that goes on, and, and mm. Rogers is king of the pointless interview, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I prefer to hear that, which is honesty. Mm. At least it's honest. Yeah, I, I, I can get on board with that. Pure guff. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and fair play to, to Gerard coming out and saying what he did, because let's be honest, this is a this is a share of fans who like were booing uh, for the Hillsborough thing in the in the semi final. Oh, that fucking the spent fans in the world. They spent the time holding up laminated. Oh, <laughs> God laminated. God slip hazard. Fucking t- what? The, what? It's the. Imagine somebody organised that in the Chelsea fan base because it wasn't like there was just do, one fellow with do you, the... Do you know the lad with the iPad? Uh, he was looking down his nose at them. The uh, lad with the iPad <laughs> thought they were shit fans. That's just basically how bad they, they, they sang more about Jared Slip than the fact that they just won the fucking league. Can you imagine? If we won the league, sing about would you ever... Game. If we won the league, would you ever sing about another player? Would you, would you, give you, a you wouldn't know who Liverpool were playing. Who would give a fuck? Who the fuck is Most of them were City fans last year. fucking winning the league every year. I'm playing... I am delighted for Jared. I think between that interview, the last couple of interviews he's done, getting a couple of goals, I am delighted for him. Yeah, I'm glad, he, I'm glad he's uh, going out. Yeah. I, look, let's finish this up because uh, it's it's. Uh, we it's, do a Palace. Uh, yeah, predictions for Palace, uh, Paul. Um, three one, we'll win. Very nice, very nice. Demo. Two nil, two nil to us. Yeah, three nil. <coughs> no pressure. We'll turn on the style now. Bloody hell, I don't I think Alan Partill might put it up to us. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be a draw, Phil. We have your man, 
Dwight Gale coming to Anfield trying to put on a show <laughs> and Yannick Balassi Balassi's yeah, put you'll notice, you'll notice I didn't go for a clean sheet <laughs> <laughs> Balassi might be thinking to himself if they're in for Benteke and Milner and Ings there's a chance for me here <laughs> yep. um, look we have to win it, it's, it's Gerard's last game and let, let's be honest about it it'd be great to see him score and, and go off with a scoring goal yeah. no no genuinely like, it would be a great way to, for him to cap it off and like a, a blunderbuss from 35 yards you know one of the, one of, an old fashioned yeah. coming to him on a half volley and just bang or if not just let's hope he gets sent off at 80 minutes like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> for smacking Pardew for killing, yeah. <laughs> yeah for taking out Pardew so hopefully it's it's Gerard to Palace nil. Um, yeah. Alan on a stretcher at the end lovely yep. stuff okay I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat <laughs> with Trev. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the ball sweat. <laughs> oh, rough as fuck. Uh, okay, uh, let's have a look at some uh, of your Trippers Chats. There are a lot of them, so we're going to go around uh, in quick fire fashion. And Dave, you're up first, and there's a question from Greg Hills. And Greg wants to know what happened to the age policy that we're supposed to have when they bought Lalana. I'd say that it was um, after Rogers came second in the league. I would imagine that the committee laxed a little bit in terms of giving the manager what he wanted, and I would imagine Lalana was a uh, was a pick of the manager, and he wanted someone that would come straight into his uh, first team, and that's what happened. I actually think Lalana's had a okay season. Don't think he's been a disaster, but we, you know, I think there's an argument we paid too much for him in terms of the impact he had in the first season. So I don't imagine we'll make that kind of sign in again this season but you wouldn't have him as a goal <laughs> of the escape variety you think it made yeah. sense ok yeah. uh, Floody Europe next is a question from Karina and she wants to know what's the difference between uh, Hodgson's talking and Brendan's talking apart from maybe the voice and the pronunciation <sighs> Hodgson was a lot more defeatist the fucker he yeah, really was exactly. he was completely yeah. defeatist where Rogers is the opposite end of the fucking spectrum where mm. he's completely ridiculously positive. He's like Dave, ridiculously positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like Dave, he used to be. I know, before you broke it. I mean, that's just meeting the middle. It is. So that was rough. One's ridiculously positive, one's ridiculously negative. Can just open a new book? Open a new chapter. Beautiful, beautiful again. Dave was happy with that. Look at it. Paul, you're up next. Simon Brundish wants to know: Would you want Jared back on loan in January? God no! <laughs> Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, no! no. Phil, you're up next. Uh, John Darcy wants to know: If Rogers does go at the end of the season, do you think Jared will regret leaving? Would well, that be contrary to what we've been told? I don't think Rogers has. I don't think it's Rogers that's forcing him to leave. Mm-hmm. I think if any decent manager is in there, Gerard's not playing. I think he would have played less this year with any other manager than Rogers. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So look, I don't think it has anything. Like, if, if Rogers is is given the heave ho, I think there's a Gerard probably would have played less hmm. because if we go out and sign a bigger name, in commas, bigger name manager, or, 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 or he's going to be rootless. And I mean, there will be you know the the top managers are not sentimental. And there's a there's a layer of sentimentality in, in, in Rogers thinking. And you know, I would go back two seasons if we had had somebody else in. Say Van Hal had taken over instead of Rogers. I don't think Gerard would have been there come the end of last season. I think he would have been off at the end of last season. 
Okay, fair enough. When you see what Van Hal did with Van Persie as well, yeah. like I thought I thought Rooney was gone. It's captain, you know, captain yeah. in, in the Dutch team, like Ben. Now you're not good enough, Ben. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Rooney was gone from United. I thought Van Persie was going to walk into the team every week. Van Hal's having none of them, so very good. Next one up, uh, Dave. You're back on again. This is from George Berman. George wonders why has Joe Allen, who was our best player versus Hull, according to George, <laughs> not gotten on the pitch again since? He's injured, isn't he? Allen. That would be the short answer. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so that's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Even if he's not, that's my answer. Well, How I, can you have a best player against Hull that wasn't Mignolet? Did Alan didn't play against Hull? I don't even know. Did, did, he, did any <laughs> of our team play against Hull? <laughs> didn't Jared and Henderson play in the field against Hull? <laughs> I don't know. It was, anyway, was the one they boycotted. Sorry, uh, George. The, the players boycotted. Uh, <laughs> Hull was just a nightmare for us. But I mean, I think Joe Allen... Jordan's not in a starting eleven. He's not good enough to be in a starting eleven. He's not going to be in a starting eleven next season. I think he's a good alternate to come in um, and play in certain games in the cup in Europa League. I think he's a good squad player. No problem with him being there. But if he's in, in your starting eleven, it means we haven't strengthened enough in the midfield this summer. Fair play. Uh, next one up. Uh, Flood of Europe. Next. Next one is from Nate. Nate's wondering. Uh, in your opinion, no, someone's <laughs> going to get ahead. But in your opinion, how can uh, Johnson keep getting his start how, lo- how long before Lalana is dropped uh, are Sinclair and Ojo our future um, an awful lot of stuff we've touched on you can pick any of them things to talk about if you wish Johnson's getting selected just for his wages uh, Lalana <laughs> fucking should be dropped out of an airplane Sinclair he's a kid I don't want to slam too much I don't think he's a long-term player for Liverpool. I've said it the other day, Joe. So I honestly don't think he is. I don't think he's got the movement of a top striker. Give him a few games to him and see how he goes on. Mm. Oh, Joe, I like. I think he's a he's a tidy player. And he's got a future. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Very Damon nice. knows players. Damon knows players. <laughs> 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 uh, Paul, you're up next. Uh, this is uh, from Forever LFC, and he's wondering: Will Ian Eyre be at the helm? I presume he means in this position where he's in next year. Uh, what about all the su- uh, the reports that uh, he's out in the summer? And if so, what new candidate would you like to see in the, in situ there? Um, I don't know. Like I've next to no interest in you know kind of fucking whoever's behind the scenes. Nearly you know the I, I've been on Twitter slagging the kind of the fact that the committee gets lionised more than the players these <laughs> yeah, days. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People getting committee in the back of their jersey. Their, their <laughs> <laughs> um, I've no idea really. Um, I suppose it depends. Like how much they would, like, there, there was rumours earlier in the season that FSG weren't happy with how the recruitment went and I suppose it just depends on how much they see whether they think he fuck, he's fucking up deals like Salah yeah. like we, we saw what happened with Salah Conopolianca and all so I, I, I have no idea whether he is and I'm, I, I'm not too I'm very I'm little not, interested yeah I'm not too <laughs> interested in who's in the background really to be honest okay so uh, next one up is from Luke Phil this is for you what about the possibility that we've often heard float of a director of football being brought in um, and if so what sort of a overhaul would you like to see in the backroom staff um, he's suggested some people there Blanche <coughs> Klopp and all the rest of it. what would you like to see look I, I want to see a sporting director to come in right after that then it's up to the sporting director to put the, the, the structure he wants in place. Be it the manager, be it the coaches, the whole lot. That's his responsibility. The, if, once you put the sporting director in, in place, it stops being a manager, it becomes the head coach. Mm-hmm. In any way, shape or form. Because he will be, he will be fully, direct, fully responsible then for the direction and the style. Maybe not the formations and the tactics, because that's, that's down to the head coach. But he will be responsible for the direction and the style of the club into the future. Now, yeah. with sporting directors, the things that 
fans have to get their heads around. They are there not for two years or three years or four years. When you put a sporting director in place, you're investing in 10 years. You're investing in 15 years. You look at, you look at most of it, and this is all the, the, the vogue, and this is the, you know, people are starting to look at it now. You look at the like of Zorka at Dortmund. He's been there since the 90s. He's gone through them going and winning the Champions League, then falling off to oblivion. So it's a massive appointment then, yeah. if you do that. Like you are putting in somebody to in, put a vision in place for 10 to 20 years. Mm. And that's what you need to be looking at when you're appointing a sporting director. <coughs> Someone that's going to be embedded in the club and wants to be there long term as well. And once he's in there, then it's his vision that needs to be enacted across the club. right? So you think about that. You put, a, you put that in place then. It's going to be a big step back for Rodgers in terms of what it is because Rodgers was, was very set in that he wants to put in structure in place and all for the club that even when he goes will still be there in the whole lot. The sporting director puts his structure in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's what I want because if Brendan was to go, the amount of the coaching staff and, and all the other staff that would likely go with him means you have a big overhaul in terms of who goes. Whereas if you look at, say, Dortmund and you look at Tuchel coming in, the, the upheaval is going to be fairly minimal in terms of replacing Klopp with a different manager that, that's going to go in there. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge appointment if you go to make it. And I think it's the right appointment. Because even looking at City, they have Bagheerstein there. He is going to, that, that, he's putting the vision in place for, for City. There for if Pellegrini goes. And, and, and also, the changing of a coach or the changing of a manager becomes less an issue once you have a sporting director in place. Because as I said, it's a long-term, long-term vision of it is. The, the thing is then, what type of candidate and who do you want in place at the club? Do you go out for somebody who has experience and, and the whole lot? Or do you bring somebody in that's embedded in the clubs, in the way of the club and the history and, and everything of the club and the, the vision of, of the way we sell Liverpool? And remember, the vision that Rodgers has, has put out there is the one that's always been Liverpool passing, pressing, attacking football, that type of thing, right? And that's why most fans were delighted to hear that when he came in mm. and seeing him, you know, as, as being in terms of a visionary. So if you're going to put somebody in, they have to come in. They can't come in with the idea of, say, being a Pulis or an Allardyce in terms of that we're going to play hoofball for the next 20 years because straight away the fans are going to be on their back. So it's, 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 it's a big appointment and it's one that needs to be made in my view and it's also one that needs to, there needs to be proper thinking about it. And it's not one that you can just suddenly appoint in June and hope that this is going to go right and it's going to sort everything out over the summer. This is a long-term thing. What yeah. happens if you get it wrong and they're shy? That's a worry. But that's, that's, that's the worry. Hmm. Like, yeah. the, like sporting directors do get replaced but they don't get replaced after six months unless you're comedy do you know what I mean and, and, but even then there's an argument that says that was the wrong thing to do to go after him it would, the, the, in reality the, you know Doug Lee should have been replaced first and, and you should be given comedy a longer term to, to, to do, what he, do what he was meant to do and I'm not, look I'm not trying to change history in terms of what was going on and there was obviously other issues that were going on in the background and the whole lot that, that, around that but if you're going to do it you have to stick with it and you can't be constantly throwing the, 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 the bad water out but if you're sold into Rogers, if, if FSG believe in Rogers, then this summer should be about Rogers and not about a committee and not about a director of football and it should be him and his vision, whether we like it as fans or not, like the, the idea of, and it goes back to the idea of targets and transfers and all this, and it's like, oh, you know, what's going on with Simon, blah, 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 blah. Listen, we can't influence the signings that are going to happen at the club. So we have to just analyse them as they happen, as opposed to, you, you can't change anything. Those targets have already been identified, 90% of them. And if they haven't, then there's a serious issue in terms of what's going on, in terms of recruitment at the club. Fair enough. Uh, Dave, I'm going to wrap two in together for you. Uh, one from Philip Murray and one from Sean. Philip asks, 
who are we going to sign that can take a pen and a direct free kick? And he says, I love Hendo as much as the next man, but come on. And Sean asks, is Henderson technically good enough to be our captain or is that irrelevant because he has got leadership qualities? So <coughs> it's a Hendo-based question, I guess. Um, and do you, do, you, do you trust him with an awful lot of the responsibilities that Jared has had in the season to come? See, I'd flip his question around a little bit. I think he's got the technical ability to be our captain. It's whether he's got the leadership skills to be the captain is actually, I think, a bigger question. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's technically good enough to start in our midfield. Therefore, you know, he's a good enough player. If you're looking for your captain to play every week, he's going to play every week. I think that what's been difficult to gauge, I think, since this season in particular, is how he's responded when Jared's on the pitch. And I think that's where he's probably struggled a little bit more. Um, so... Obviously, that gets taken away next season. Look, I got no problem with Henderson being captain. I think it's a bit of continuity. I think it makes sense. I think he's clearly a good influence on the dressing room. Clearly trusted by the manager. But you don't know who we're going to buy, you know. So if we go and buy, this ain't going to happen, obviously. But you know, if you go and buy Tevez or you go and buy Pogba, <laughs> you know what I mean. Mm. You go and buy one of these players, and suddenly, <laughs> and suddenly. They're, your, they're starting in your side there's an argument that they're winners and you say okay well actually clean sweep we're going to make this guy captain final point is we don't know who's going to be the manager I mean for now it looks like it's going to be Brendan Rodgers um, it might well be because I think there's a lot of conversations to happen before that's confirmed so maybe we might have a new manager who might decide someone else needs to be captain Okay, fair enough. Uh, next one, a demo from Oba Boss, and he's wondering how much transfer kitty do you think we need to get into the top four next season? So I suppose that you can wrap that into who you think should be the targets, or how much they'll cost. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> how long have we got? <laughs> Keep it short. Six yards. We, we definitely we need to spend about 60, 70 million, I'm being honest. Yep. Um, and I don't think it's quantity, I think it's more quality. Um, mm. I think the additional three top quality players to that side makes a huge difference okay. I think the addition of seven or eight mid-table players to the squad makes fucking no difference to us whatsoever which what we done last year it was so we went with quantity over quality last year mm. I think myself and Steve had said it all last summer it's all about the quality and I think this summer it should be all about quality and we've got to stop buying fucking players to sit on the bench we've got to just start buying players that are going to make a difference here starting eleven. That that's my opinion. So I think if we're going to spend, I, th- I think we need to spend sixty or seventy million to to make us at least competitive to be knocking on the door for the top four again. Because let's face it, the other four teams are going to spend big in the summer. Sound, uh, Paul. Next one up uh, is from Colin. Uh, he mentions a couple of players. You can agree or disagree. He says apart from Coutinho, Sacco, and Chan and Sterling, uh, how many of our current squad are good enough uh, for us to push on next year? Basically, um. I'd say Henderson's good enough to start. Uh, like I do, I do think after that you're struggling. A lot of it is just potential and kind of filler. I know Dave likes Lallana. I, I, I Migs, I guess. A, yes. Um, Minion Mignolet is a kind of strange one because <coughs> he, he's had a brilliant turnaround in form. Like, it's one of the only positives of the season where you could look and say that's something someone in our team has done that took character. Like mm-hmm. I know Brendan's buzzword character that he uses, <laughs> like when we show no character whatsoever. Yeah. It's done. But yeah, that that is one of the kind of good things of the season, Mignolet's turnaround. But I still think he's kind of he's doing it because. It was last chance to and he had to. And like, I just feel like the wheels could come off it soon because he's obviously he's goalkeeping in a way that he's not used to. It's not his kind of default setting. So if it, if it, he has a couple of bad games, it could go to shit. So 
But, but yeah, I, I definitely think I'd, I'd keep Mignolet. I'd prioritise other positions over him because okay. of how well he's playing anyway. Okay. I, I, don't, think, I don't think overall we've about 14, 15 players that are good enough. Are you, good you, enough you, need, yeah. you need 20, 21. Going back to Damon's point, you saw in three or four quality ones, you've got then, you can pick 11 from 19 players there and then you put it, you bring in two, you're bringing two of your good kids through, the likes of Sinclair or whoever it is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a huge fan of Skirtle, but he's a good centre-back option to have. I'm not saying he should be your go-to centre-back. Um, but you would you would re up his contract, wouldn't you? No. Well, consider uh, where he is and depending on uh, depending on what the options are, you know what I mean. Like <coughs> it all goes back to if you're going to let him go, right? Mm-hmm. Who's your replace? Your replacement has to be identified now. Now the fact is that every time we've come around to a summer transfer window, we've talked about getting a new right centre back in, and inevitably we've signed another left centre back, and we were linked at the weekend with another left centre back. So like I don't know, maybe we're, we're going to play a new formation which only has players on the left hand side. I wouldn't spend I wouldn't spend any money on a single person. Who isn't it? Someone who scores goals until we have got one striker. But we don't. That, but that, that's the problem we've left ourselves. So we spent yeah. so much money. We've only even if we got sixty million, which I, I'd be surprised if we if we do. But even if we did have sixty million, thirty million of that is going to be a striker, mm. right? We have to buy a right back because we don't have one on the box when Johnson goes. So that's going to be say. Well, Mankio. Like, this is the thing. Like, if you're saying who's good enough in the squad, Mankio is good enough. Moreno is good enough. Storage is good. He hasn't mentioned Storage there, and the the, the 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 stick that Storage has gotten this year because he's been out injured for most of the season. Oh, listen, I'm, I'm hearing stuff on Twitter about Storage that it's just like <coughs> when he's when he's when he stuff. when he's fit, he's fucking brilliant. Mm. Like go back to the previous season, he's brilliant when he's fit. The problem is getting him fit. Now that's a different issue altogether. But mm. he's good enough, right? Um, we said Sacco Mignolet is good enough to be in your squad. I'm not saying that if you got a chance to sign a top class goalkeeper, you wouldn't, right? You've got then Ibe is good enough. Markovic is going will be good enough, mm. right? So we're already up a good few, few few players that are there. You've got Flanagan who's a good enough as a squad option. Emerson's good enough. Alan is good, is good enough, enough as a Henderson's squad player. Mm. Yeah, but as, we don't have an awful lot of players who are just nailed on. No, no, but, and, and that's that's what I'm saying. That where we need to add in this, it's not that you go out and sign. You need to send te- sign ten players. You need to sign four or five re- top quality players for your first team, and then all those players who are forced into the into the positions that we're in at the moment. Become good squad options, and you have nineteen, twenty players of a squad, and that's what you need to get top yeah. four. Yeah, four starters. Mm. You know, two forwards, one in midfield, and a right back, as in starters, and then whatever else you pick up, you pick up for free. Okay, okay, right. Look, uh, there's a <coughs> tremendous amount of repetition in the ones that are left. So apologies if we didn't get to your question, but primarily because it's uh, almost identical to one we've had already. There is one, uh, Phil, I'm going to throw to you to finish off with because it, quali- it crosses over the topic we did earlier on on the, on the video section that people won't be listening to now in the pod. And it's basically this uh, from Kerry just go and watch it on YouTube, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and Kerry, you should watch it on YouTube. Kerry says, look, realistically, will we only attract top players this summer if Rodgers uh, is sacked? And another question then, uh, yeah, from Nick uh, Galekis. Is it the club or the coach which is the reason for attracting or not attracting big name players like we've seen with Sanchez and William and so on? Because <laughs> we had this debate about the Europa League, so just curious to get your take on it. I think if you have a big name coach, you have a, <coughs> it's easier to sell to big player, big name players because they can believe that you're going to achieve Champions League and get into the Champions League easier. Like if you have again, if if Ancelotti took over in the morning time, I think it would be easier for him to go out and sign top nine players because they want to play for Carlo Ancelotti if 
you know, Guardiola took over tomorrow. Do you think we'd have an issue in going out and signing whoever we wanted? Hmm. Like, straight up, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but then, we would. Huh? We'd have an issue to go and sign whoever we wanted. Well, it's a bit, no, what I'm saying is if he was going after a player, if Guardiola was there and going after a player, right, yeah. and operating within our, our financial constraints, there is a bigger pull to play for Pep Guardiola than there is for Brendan Rodgers. And players want to play for him. I think it's a factor. I don't think it's anywhere near as big a factor as the money we would pay the player or whether we are in the Champions League or looking at getting in the Champions League. Well, I, I just think that the calibre of player that you can sign with a, with a, a top manager... Now, the problem is attracting a top manager. This, this, like, you can't just say, well, let's go and appoint a top manager. They're not necessarily will want to come because going back, that then you bring in the issue around the club because he'll want to know how much money is he got to spend. Is he going to be able to compete with City, Chelsea and the whole lot? And the controversy, shout, we could maybe wait to see <coughs> if Brendan actually become a top manager. I know that hurts you inside, but uh, we could No, no, no. Look, I've never sat here and said, you know, Rogers is out. <coughs> you know, that's, that's the only way. That's my way. I'm not saying there's a, there's a valid argument. Myself and Dave have had this discussion many times over the course of the season. There's a, and I, I recognise there's a valid argument that you let him continue in the role if you have a long term vision for the club. But I, I, again, there's too many variables in the club at the moment, and you need to start you need to start changing the variables. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think that the whole Rogers debate for me, and it's it, we're all on the same spectrum. Something's got to change, right? So. You can't look at the season we've had and say, well, nothing needs to change in the management of the club. That either needs to be at an executive level, it needs to be at a recruitment level, or it needs to be at a football management level. But I don't think anyone can look at all those guys, you know, the 10 guys that do all of those jobs and say, well, they've all done a great job. You know, nobody should, nobody should, nobody can be improved on that team. So either the chief executive needs to be better or the people at the executive level or the recruitment which is a sporting director or the committee or whatever we want to call it or the manager which could be a sporting director or the manager all of that should be under review Mm -hmm. so it is an all Rogers fault and he doesn't deserve to be sacked I don't agree with that but he does deserve to be part of that bigger review and things like could another manager attract better players or identify better players or get more out of better players they're all legitimate part of that questions to have okay right let's move away from the uh, uh, sublime football stuff to the more ridiculous Uh, and uh, we can always rely on Nick for a question here Paul Nick is wondering for Stephen Gerrard's last home game what would you organise for a half-time show if you had an unlimited budget? He suggests maybe sending Glenn Johnson into space, which I thought was a good one. Um, what, what would you do as a tribute to the captain if you had an unlimited budget at half-time in Anfield? Let him shoot Demba Bar. <laughs> <laughs> like literally with a rifle. <laughs> for a whole season of that song. <laughs> Just shoot Demba Bar. You could, you could, like, you know, ceremonially, like, there could be a big volcano put in the pitch or something. And we could kind of tip Glenn Johnson into it. Like, Steve, you, know, you know, like John Terry, where John Terry takes his uh, jersey off but keeps the armband on. That's what Steve could do. Stroll up topless and Glenn's, like, you know, hog tied and on a little plank over a volcano. He just, just tips him in. He could even do the little slip and headbutt him in. <laughs> Some, something to do with Glenn Johnson, definitely, though. Something along those lines. <laughs> Who was your man that did the opening ceremony to the London Olympics? Uh, Danny Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get him in. Get do, Danny Boyle in. To do a 15 minute segment going through. You know what he did like the, from, from the start the of history England of right England, the way through yeah, yeah. to the present day? And do Gerard's career. And it'll be like dancing and stuff like, like All mad things. Yeah. And it'll be, Istanbul, it'll be a bit of Istanbul. There will be like 
the FA Cup final. It would basically be Istanbul, the FA Cup final, and then Gerard crying for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see what you do with Hodgson and that stuff Ricky like that. Just, that yeah, Ricky no, 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 all the things like Torres, but and, and with, with 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 dance, they could get actors. With dance. And, yeah, with dance. Dance. and Lambert could play Gerard as an old man. Celebration music. Did he ever get the Spice Girls in? Never heard the Spice Boys. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, he wasn't the Spice Boys. But just bring it in anyway. And have a bus going around, and it'd be like when they came back with the Champions League final and you yeah. have a bus going around the pitch so like, just, just creative and there's no reason why you still couldn't have a volcano let's be honest horrible dark weather effects for like Hudson's rain like, yeah. <laughs> they could make it rain like you know like you, yeah. you know yeah. the, 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 the sprinklers to put them yeah. on the roof and just make it rain no no for, forget about that we're thinking bigger than this like, you get those planes <laughs> that drop stuff oh, yeah, yeah. let's not spare any expense make it a lightning rod on Johnson's <laughs> so there's, th- there's thunder and lightning for Hudson's rain and Johnson's getting fucking electric Hudson's rain be, uh, that's, yeah. why, that, that, that's the section in it oh, oh look, beautiful this is brilliant that's, like that's... you could think about it you could have loads of shit that goes on in there <laughs> Right, let us know in the club we can contact it. <laughs> <laughs> I think if they get on to Danny Boyle now, he'd be well up for it. If Ian I know there's only a couple of days to go, yeah. but it wouldn't be. I tell you what, right? It would be the biggest thing in football. That would be shown all over yeah, the he's world. He's going to be able to pull in a few Hollywood films. In answer to an earlier question, if Ian Air pulls this off, he can keep his fucking job. <laughs> Ian Air needs to get on the phone to Danny Boyle Make to have the, the career of Stephen Gerrard on the pitch at halftime in a sort of London Olympic style. Make it rain. And Johnson needs to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> right, so we should probably skip the next question. Uh, this is from Sweets. Uh, Sweets says, some say fish tanks, some say planting flowers. But what is the best activity or prop or hobby to help you relax? Because he says this season has fucked him up entirely. What can you suggest to poor Sweets there to help what, him relax? What were, what were his suggestions? Uh, it, fish, fish, tanks. fish tanks, you know, looking at fish. Looking at fish. Planting looking flowers at... and doing a, bit, doing a bit of gardening. He's fucking like retired. <laughs> How old is he? I guess, I, I, I guess... 21. He's, he's at C-Suites 21, 21, so he must so be 21. He's, he's, a, he's a mellow kind of a chap. Fish tanks? <laughs> at 21, you relax by drinking and wanking. <laughs> Seriously. Maybe he's Peter Rinsley. <laughs> Do you remember he had a big fish tank? Oh, yeah. Fish maybe tank. that's what floats as well. Fish tanks, but though. You, maybe, not, maybe not focus on what he's suggesting and come up with a suggestion for the man. Planting he, flowers in a fish tank? Oh, <laughs> this question isn't going well. I, I think I think Damo kind of nailed it on the head. To be honest with you, furious drunken masturbation. Po- that's not relaxation. <laughs> that's stress. That is. The <laughs> You're just relaxing. doing it wrong. Phil. <laughs> if you've had a dr- if, you, if you've had a drink <laughs> and had a wank and you're still stressed. You got a problem. Yeah. Uh, I was no, saying, Next one's from Graham. Graham uh, is wondering: Does Andre Mariner wear fake tan? Um, we never talked about Andre Mariner. Based on the evidence of the weekend, what do you think? It's a nice link to fish tanks as well. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good man, good man, good man. You're always thinking, man. You're always thinking. So, what do you think? I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. He was. He was. There was. There was a hint of cafe salt off Mariner. I think we just joined us. I heard, his name. I heard his name's Andrew Mariner and he took the W off, 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 off. Just, yeah, exactly. That, that is like, I don't know. Sancho Pay, that's a fake tan, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Would you ever consider wearing fake tan anyone in the room here? Just so I'm asking, because I, w- I want to know. I, want, no, I, <laughs> I did once get, um, there's a L'Oreal's Be careful. This is... men's 
moisturizer, right? Yeah. And I didn't notice it. Oh, there's a tint in it. Was yeah. It? Oh, right. Okay. You know it very quickly because the smell of fake tan is one of those things that you can, that you can smell from a mile off, right? And as soon as you put that tint on, there's a fucking oh, tint to fake. Like you're walking around all day, you're going, ah, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And then of course, like if you don't do it properly, obviously you have the line. Oh, I think the smell of Fetan is a bit of an aphrodisiac. I don't know, from my younger days. <laughs> I think you're fucking <laughs> it. going out and, like, you know, if you were smelling fake tan, you'd be doing all right, like, do you know what I mean? Swansea on a Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Fake tan central in the UK. Swimming in it on Wine Street. Like, <laughs> right, lads, who is, this is Matt is asking us, Matt Haynes wants to know, who is your day trippers manager of the year? Is it John Carver, Nigel Pearson, or Tim Sherwood? It's got to be Sherwood, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. The mixture of kind of cringeworthy bollocks and like actually doing well with Aston Villa, yeah. that seals it. Yeah, Nigel Pearson's just a cunt. Like, there's nothing, there's no redeeming feature about him. Like, John Carver looks like an arsehole, but he has, he came out with the, I'm, you know, eight games in the bounce losing and I'm the best coach in the Premier League. Like, that's brilliant. <laughs> Kieran says, is there anything more relaxing than a sit down wee? And there's a kind of a counterpoint to it. Is there anything more tiring than a stand up or squatting poo? Who what the, the what the fuck? <laughs> I know you told me I'm not allowed to have a go. What the you. fuck is I that question? You. Kieran got you. Who does a sit down wee if you're a man? I suppose. What the fuck happens. is wrong does with it? Happen ever? Can it happen? There what? must be, there must well, be some context. It? Well, Kieran just asked a question. It must happen at some point. And he finds that relaxing. <laughs> but you don't I'm have gonna, to I'm stand. Hung over. I wouldn't say it's relaxing. Sort of necessary. But the stand up poo is. Hang on a minute. He's had a stand-up poo and a sit-down pee. Well, actually, often enough to assign an emotion to it. <laughs> Maybe our man with the fish tank and things should try a sit-down wee. Yeah. That's 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 ah, I see where you're going with that. That's magnificent. Okay, another one then is from Sam McGuire. Sam says, if Earth was going to be destroyed and we had to move into space, what would your last meal on Earth be? A lot of feedback to this question online. People saying this, was, this, huh? this, uh, this will tell a lot about you. A sausage dinner. I don't know what the fuck a sausage dinner is. In my world, a sausage dinner is something completely different. So yeah. how many people? How, how many people are surviving here now? How many people are surviving? Does that have a bearing on how much you're going to eat or what you're going to eat? It's your last, it's your last meal on Earth. You could be going off into space and be grand. So you yes. could be eating space food for a while. But well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, is everything space going with you? Like all the animals, everything going with you? It's no, this isn't like Noah's space ark. Can, this sorry, is, so what would I be eating no, in space? Can I, Dave, can I space clarify? Food. Can I it's clarify? in bags. It's, it's like what would your pastoria, last... nor pastoria. <laughs> Could What would your last Earth meal be? So that's what's your favourite meal? Basically, right? <laughs> yes, Dave. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Could it just change <laughs> I was just wondering whether parameters yeah. like as in you couldn't if you you know you couldn't you're have going to be eating space food which is no pastoria and say, no pastoria what the fuck is no and pastoria and cream rice that's your favourite meal pot noodles you're going to be eating fucking pot noodles so what do you want to eat for your last meal pizza pizza now that was Some, an awful lot of fucking preamble for pizza well I wanted to know would there be pizza on the fucking <laughs> spaceship like you know what I mean maybe oh, there was what would you maybe it's the only animals that you can't have but it's then very hard, it's very hard, to, get, very hard you know? to get a wood borner into, into the spaceship <laughs> it's just it's one of those things well, yeah. 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 there's no spaceship from Prometheus which is like the size of a cathedral so. no chimneys though uh, any other shouts about any salt and chili chicken from Mr. Lambs in Clendalkin Village nice would be mine that's delightfully specific yeah, it doesn't look nice but Taste nice. Yeah. <laughs> gets, gets the job done. <laughs> Rob Dave's pizza as well. <laughs> <laughs> what would you, while I was complaining about something up there, like, you, know? <laughs> you can't ask me a question like that. <laughs>
Uh, Floody, I've got one last question to finish off with. Specifically, mine, mine was Papa Del Al Ragu in, from a restaurant wasn't in Camagnano. Wasn't that a burrito, no? Huh? <laughs> yeah, a burrito. Because you've been having a burrito for the last four hours. And as a result, we've had loads. I'll probably be able to get a burrito in the spaceship anyway. Because that's the type of food that you eat in space. No, you're having fucking ambrosia cream rice. Yeah. Burritos. Yeah. That's how what you do, eat how in do space. you get burritos? <laughs> burritos in space? Seriously, you, you die in your own spacesuit. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously how? gravity in the spaceship. Come on, we're going into space. This isn't like you're not going in on the, on the fucking spaceship. What was, the, what was the real thing you said there? It was Papa Della Ragu. It was in a restaurant. Fucking hipster. Fucking hipster! You don't had a time to go to that restaurant, wherever it is. It's a restaurant. Wild pasta with the with a Tuscan ragu sauce that's made with wild bar, so it's lovely. Is this a not over in Italy? Yep, the spaceship's gone from Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say there was restrictions to getting it in. He's only going to Clondalk, and come on, narrow the, your eyes. The spaceship horizons. isn't going from fucking Clondalk. Narrow your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting people from Clondalk. Sorry, the spaceship's dropping people off in Clondalk. Unless you're Mister. They open the little toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might get what's this salt and pepper chicken on you might get, chili chicken. Yeah, that that could be space food. <laughs> Shut the face. <laughs> uh, Floody, uh, Martin Steinbeck wants to know: Did you ever bet in Liverpool matches? And did you ever go? We're getting beat here before a game. Every game, I've said. Right <laughs> <laughs> I'm more likely betting fucking everything at this stage. I'm wondering if people like during the week have you Who's addicted to gambling? Who's addicted to gambling? Yeah, yeah, so. Putting that to the side. I'd be one of these people that always say, yeah, yeah, we're going to beat this. And then 10 minutes before a kick, I'll go, bollocks, boys, we're going to bet here. You know, yeah, I don't know what it is. You, I have, yeah, only one game the entire season I've heard you say, we'll win this game. And we lost. And that was United. <laughs> and you say, we're fucking, we're going to bat the knees. Every other game you go, we're losing this, lads. No way. I was written off to the time, so. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I think you said it all in last season as well. Any the rest of you actually bet in Liverpool? I would never bet in Liverpool. Three I times. And they lost every time. Yeah. I used to have a jinx that if I bet on us to win, we'd lose. So I used to bet on the opposite team and the draw. And right. I did it all last season. I was thinking to myself, I've sorted this. Then oh, maybe you doing that, yeah? Tried it this season, didn't work. A couple, a couple of years ago, I texted Phil during the day, I gave him three teams. I said, betting them three teams tonight. And he texted me back later on. And I, it was Atletico Madrid. It was Bilbao. You didn't bet him the Bilbao results. Yeah, I bet on Atletico Madrid instead of Bilbao. I, get, I told him to bet on Bilbao. He texted me, fucking nice one, 300 quid. And I said, no, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> he said, look at your text again. I said, oh, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> you want about two or three hundred on it? It is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright Let's just leave it there Okay let's finish with some admin And we begin as per usual With a mention for Astro Park Who hosts our weekly nonsense here You can check them out at astropark.ie You should get on to We Are Liverpool The last one of the season is available uh, On Saturday outside the ground In Homebaked as well I believe And online at weareliverpoolfanzine.com for only £1.50. Um, I want to mention a couple of events. First of all, the Brendan Deveni Charity Match and Gala Dinner on the Sunday 31st of May from 2pm in Mullingar Athletic in Gainstown. It will feature the likes of Steve Staunton, Phil Babb, Alan Kendi and Paul McGrath. Tickets are €10 Euros for adults, 3 for children. And they're available at the Greville Arms reception or on 044-934-8563. And there's one other event I want to mention as well, and that is a five times event. Um, it's an evening with Robbie Fowler, and I can't finish it now because Phil's got the. What? <laughs> I was trying to say that I didn't write it. Down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why was I? Just continue on. 
Jesus Christ. <laughs> you just took it away from me. Okay. The, uh, with uh, with, apo- with ap- apologies for Phil there, because he's not... Oh, it's my fault. Yeah, you're, you're not the best when it comes to this stuff. It is a, a, five times, a five times event, um, an evening rugby failure. It's on in the Pucon Bar uh, in Galway uh, on the 19th of June. Tickets are €35. Euros. There'll be raffles, auctions, photos, chance to meet Robbie on the night. And you can pre-register for your tickets with www.fivetimes.co forward slash Galway. Uh, uh, your day trippers tonight were Paul Brennan, Dave Thomas, Phil Casey and myself, Trev Downey. Okay. And I might be prone to saying I'm not answering that shit. So <laughs> oh yeah, can we not do that thing that you started doing again, you aggressive fucker? I'm not go, fucking answering that fucking, question. That fucking listener said, <laughs> <laughs> If it's a stupid question, I'm saying it, right? And I don't I'm give full, a fuck. Fucking fully I don't give a fuck. <laughs> if it's a stupid question, if one more person asks me would I rather lick Sam Allardyce's balls or fucking... <laughs> I'm gonna fucking go mad. You've still never never answered that question. (laughs) We don't know where you're going. Which one is it? Which one is it? I've answered it like fucking five (laughs) times. I don't remember. I don't remember. Okay. I think it's hard to go. Neymar wants to join in. Look, he's getting straight out of the bears. Go, hang on a second. I'm getting in here. Showing a load of suggestions. Right, let's wrap it up. Good luck. Good luck. We have to turn it off, though. There's no point just waving. Can you all turn your periscope off? We have to turn it off. Just feel continue looking at the camera when the feed is finished. Get like six and a half minutes of, you know, everything's grand before, you know, reality comes crashing back in and life's horrible and all again. Mix that in with about eight cans of Bavaria or something. He's, he's laughing, yeah. Bin the fish tank as well. That's no good. <laughs> Jeez. He's like, he goes... Three starters, isn't it? Yeah, he goes, obviously Chelsea finished third and we finished second. And what's happened then is they've brought in three nailed on starters and we've we've lost three in Suarez. And I was like, yeah. And Sturridge is like, yeah. I was like, Where's he going? Where's number three? Flan. And young John Flanagan, who was, was massive for us last season. I was like, you know, at the TV going, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brady, oh! <laughs> Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.